The following story was told by Sam, a writer and mental health advocate from Mental Health Connecticut's Write On program. This story is raw, personal, and may contain language not suitable for younger listeners. So, the other day, I saw this movie, and the title was Touched with Fire. Now, that is a nonfiction book written by Kay Redfield Jameson, who is a clinical psychologist and well-respected in the field. So I thought, this must be a really good movie. You know, mental illness will finally have a fair shot. 13 reasons why I did a better job with mental illness than this movie. <laughs> Just saying. But anyways, this movie's about two manic poets who meet in an inpatient ward and fall in love. And as they're falling in love, they do a montage where they're running around, they're flapping their arms like their wings, and they're painting on walls. The lead in this was Katie Holmes. Now, this is post-Tom Cruise Katie Holmes. So I don't know if the director said something like, just act like Tom does at home. <laughs> but either way, the point is this. Media tends to exploit us to make themselves look better, or worse, to make us look violent. If you go into any inpatient ward, I can guarantee that you're not going to see people flapping their arms and painting on the walls. I mean, they might not be painting on the walls, at least. But uh, either way, they do this for ratings. See, there's something that we all feel when we hear about something like a school shooting. We feel a twisting in our gut, and we think, not again. Please, not again. And I'm going to tell you something. As someone who's mentally ill, and I'm sure others can attest to this, there's a second thought that comes after that, which is, please be radicalized or racist. Please be radicalized or racist, because you don't want it to be another mentally ill person. So you sit there, and you watch the news, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait, until they say, and the shooter was mentally ill. And you go, not again. See, the media likes to use us when it's convenient and when they need us. But they don't tell the stories, the real stories sometimes, of the mentally ill. So allow me to tell you one right now. A couple summers ago, I was fortunate enough to meet someone who we'll call Amy. And uh, she lived in a town near Sandy Hook. She was mentally ill. She was a teacher at the local YMCA for the after-school program for the elementary school. Her father was one of the first responders. So one summer night, I finally got the courage to just ask. And so I asked her what it was like. And this warm personality sunk into this deep state for a moment. And I don't think I'll ever forget it. And I don't think I'll ever forget what she said to me either. And that's a thing. She goes, Sam, I knew those kids. This is a small town. And it happened on the 14th, around the time when we were sending out the bills for December. And we didn't want the grieving families to get the bill in the mail when they were trying to deal with so much. So I sat down that night 
with a list of names. I went into our system, and one by one, each kid that I knew, I deleted their profile in our system. And I cried. And I didn't stop crying until I fell asleep that night. Where's the media coverage for that? Fast forward a little bit. I was at a subway. Eating a sandwich before I had to go to a class. And these two people were talking. This was after another school shooting. And I quote, We should just round them all up and put them into camps and just let them all kill each other. That was the third time I've heard that in about a year and a half at that point. But somehow I'm the monster. See, I get up, I put on my suit and tie, I go to work sit in traffic. I come home, I see my girlfriend, I go to the gym, I wake up and I do it again. That's my day. But somehow, with the exploitation of the media, it's made it okay to suggest in regular conversation the final solution for mentally ill people. See, but the point I'm trying to get at here is that one in five people will suffer from some sort of mental illness in their lifetime. We are your sons, your daughters, your brothers, your sisters, your friends, your coworkers, or your family. And you know what? If it's one in five, chances are you probably walked by a few people today that were mentally ill. Yet, how many of them tried to kill you? I'm assuming none. But here we are. So, when the media tends to do this and they use this when they need the ratings, the problem is that the stigma solidifies. The problem is that when people really do need the help, they don't go out and they don't get it. And the reason they don't is because some corporation wants ratings, and they want to be watched. And they just bury it deeper. That's the biggest problem right now with our system. And if there's only one thing that you can take away from this, and from that story, is this, and my question. When you turn on the news and you hear about this, when you hear someone reaching out, when you see someone with mental illness, who are you going to think of? Are you going to think of Adam or Amy? Sam's story was recorded in front of a live audience at CT Improv's Theater in Hartford, Connecticut. Want to hear more young adults find their voice and speak their truth? Go to mhconn.org slash write on. That's W-R-I-T-E-O-N.